0: morning. I hope you're doing well and enjoying that Uh, wonderful morning in the rain. How many of you like the rain? Good for you. Okay. Some of you are like, "Uh, not sure, especially on Mother's Day. But uh, we are so delighted that you are here. I also want to congratulate moms who are here. I'm so thankful for my mom and what she means to me and how she's impacted my life through all these years. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. I I know the challenge, though, of days like today. Because sometimes I get to be on the other side of the desk or the chair where someone is saying, this is a hard day for me because I'm estranged from my daughter or my son. Or Father's Day, same thing. Well, it's not like it used to be. Let me explain what happened. And there's a story. And so there are are these issues. And you go through holidays, Christmas is like that. And, And all of them have this common denominator of a word that I've been talking about the last few weeks. The word is brokenness. When relationships get broken, um, it's hurtful. It's challenging. It's emotional. And so you go through days like this, kind of on a yo-yo ride, saying, okay, God, how can I navigate through this time when I wish things could be different, but I can't change the past, and I don't know what to say, and it's, it's awkward, and on and on and on it goes. Have you ever had your heart broken? anybody besides me okay good i think i think all of us in one way or another has has kind of had a broken heart i remember my first experience with really feeling kind of broken hearted was a, a girl named connie who uh she wanted her boyfriend to be someone who could run faster than her it was first grade it was a big deal and uh and i could not i could not outrun her and so she dumped me for a faster man and uh I said goodbye to Connie, and I said hello to Bonnie, and my life's been heaven ever since. And I'm I'm thankful for that, but it was, at the time, it was kind of tough. You know, you go through these moments, and you're just not sure how to handle it. We look back over our lives, and we say, man, that was really hard, and we can't imagine facing something tougher, and then something tougher comes, and it's just the pattern, because life brings relationships that are, are tough. I I've been talking about the place of brokenness these last few weeks, and that's an interesting place for us to be. If you're new to Timberline today, or you're here only because your mother asked you to do one thing, and that was to come to church, uh, we're glad you're here. And um, today I want to talk about brokenness of heart. What it means to kind of walk through that kind of a brokenness. We've talked about brokenness of spirit and brokenness of mind. And today it deals a little bit more with relationships. And probably the big word today that I want to talk about is, are, would be trust issues. Because brokenness of heart usually is a result of issues from trust. And I'm not sure I can trust people anymore. But rather than me talking about it, I want to introduce you to someone who I want to have her share a couple of thoughts. Because a couple of weeks ago, I walked down off the platform when I first introduced this series. And here was Leah Rose Gowing standing there with tears in her eyes. And she said, some really interesting things about her journey and what she was wanting to accomplish. And, and I've really it touched me what you said, and I want you to share it with people. But Leah Rose has been a part, and Ray, who's here in this service today. Ray, just wave your hand. We're just glad you're here. Um, has been a part of our church for about 41 years, and uh, we are so grateful for that. But uh, tell me a little bit about this issue of trust and kind of what you said to me that day when I walked down there. That was interesting.
1: Okay, I think I said... I wish I had known in the beginning of my journey with the Lord how to, ha- how to trust him better. But as I've gotten older and progressed in my journey, I've learned trust a lot better.
0: And that, that trust comes as, you know, how many of you would agree with Leah Rose that if you knew then what you know now, yes. you could have done it a little different. Yes. But in your situation, you actually went through some really trying moments, and it's so fun to have Ray here today. And. And to talk, Ray, we're talking about you today because we love you. But tell us a little bit about what he went through and just the challenges, the surgeries, and kind of where it left you.
1: Uh, Since 2004, Ray has had 11 surgeries. And in 2006, he had a kidney transplant. And that same week, within four days, because of problems, he had three surgeries, So we are pretty well acquainted with hospitals who have been in and out of them, and we've met some wonderful, wonderful doctors and nurses. But um, in 2007, on Thanksgiving Day, we were in a small hospital near here. He was recuperating from a surgery that he had, and um, everything was going wrong. He was hallucinating because of pain meds, and even though they were taking him off of those pain meds, He was still hallucinating, and and it was really a, a, a bad time in our lives. And that day, the staff was thin. There weren't very many people around, and I felt utterly alone, hopelessness of the situation. So I closed the hospital room door, and I got on my knees beside the bed, and I cried out to God. And I told him everything that was in my heart. I used to think I could fix so many things when I was younger, (laughs) but I found out that I can fix very, very little, that God is the one that can fix our problems, and he has different ways of fixing them, too. But as I cried out to the Lord, uh, I even said to him that day, Lord, I don't want you to take Ray from me. I want you to heal him, but if it is what you see best, then somehow with your help, I can get through this. I I didn't want that answer to my prayer, but I felt I could go on with God no matter what happened that day. And uh, when I got up from my knees, I felt a tremendous peace in my heart, a trust that I knew that no matter what happened, God was with me.
0: It's an interesting place when you can actually pray a prayer that says, God, I'm willing to go to a new level of trust that I've never known before, even if it means a new experience that I don't want to go through. And uh, let's say thank you to Ray and Leah Rose for just sharing their hearts. We love you. It's so, so special. It means a lot. There are so many stories in this room like that, where you come to a place you maybe don't even want to be but God kind of teaches you and helps you and walks with you through it and that's why we're talking about this today is because it impacts all of us in a, a very very real way the the passage I'm going to read in the bible in a moment is a, it's one of my favorite passages because it's it's shocking that Jesus did this because he he kind of stayed so private until he was about 30 years of age and then he goes into the synagogue And He opens a scroll from Isaiah and He reads this passage that actually is a prophecy about the Messiah coming to the earth. He knows it's Him. And He announces that it's Him. And that's unlike Him. (laughs) Okay? So let me read it. Luke 4.14 If you have a Bible, follow along with me. It'll be on the screen as well. Then Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about Him spread quickly Through the whole region. He taught regularly in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and he stood up to read scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah, the prophet, was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Then he rolled up the scroll and he handed it back to the attendant. And he sat down. This next line is interesting. All the eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. I like that line. Because it was a statement of what they were thinking in his heart. Then he began to speak to them. The Scripture you have just heard has been fulfilled this very day. That was the moment when people went, oh, there was this little murmuring that took place in the synagogue that day because people were saying, is he saying he's the Messiah? That it's fulfilled because of him? Or does he know that the Messiah is somewhere that has been born. What's he saying? What does this mean? He was talking about himself. I, I, love, I love reading so many different translations of the Greek and the Hebrew in, in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Because you gain different insights. One of the, the things I'm going to read to you today, this same verse is from Young's literal translation. Where it's just kind of those words hung together. And uh, in this case it says this. Follow along. The same verse, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He did anoint me to proclaim good news to the poor. And then look at this next line. He sent me to heal, to heal, meaning to make new, the broken of heart. One translation says, to bind up the brokenhearted. And... I think of what it means to bind up a broken heart. I went back even to Isaiah, this passage, the Hebrew word to bind up is the word kapash. And it literally means to wrap firmly like, like they would a turban. And there's also a word picture of a, of a saddle being cinched, where there's this firm moment to, to wrap it up, to bind it up firm enough that it won't leak, it won't bleed anymore. It will become whole again. He came to bind up the heart. The Hebrew word lab is used there. And it figuratively means throughout the Old Testament, emotions, feelings, intellect, deep inner thoughts. So if you put all that together, Jesus is saying here that He came to wrap up firmly, to bind, to compress, to stop the bleeding of a broken person who has been emotionally crushed or who has lost their willpower Or who has no ability on their own to move beyond where they currently are. Someone who has lost their center. That is why Jesus came. I love that. Now here's a question that we ought to think about and talk about for a moment. What are the things that break our heart? And bigger question maybe. Who is it in your life right now that could actually break your heart? Can you think of someone? Don't say their name out loud or poke them at this moment. (laughs) I have quite a few people in my life that could break my heart. We chose those people in our mind just then, probably because these are the people we love, we care about, they know us inside and out, they have history with us, and there are real issues in our lives that have caused our lives to interlock. And so they could hurt us or wound us. Deception or unfaithfulness or all of those things that we think about. Death. It could break our hearts because we care deeply about who they are in our lives. Some of you here today are going through issues. You have been wounded. You have been hurt by someone you love deeply. How do you move on beyond those things? Maybe you don't. Maybe you embrace it as part of this life. But you grow in the process and you learn to overcome and let God help you, take you to a new place. That's Those are some of the thoughts. Let me just give you some observations. From, in your bulletin, if you turn it over to the back, there's an outline I'd love for you to follow along if you want to. It just, it's observations um, about brokenness of heart. Now, I'm not going to answer all the questions because I don't have the answers. But I think it's important for us to talk about what it means when Jesus says, I've come for this reason. I've come to heal the broken of heart. What did He mean? What could He have meant? Number one in your outline is that brokenness of heart impacts every culture. Absolutely every culture on the face of the earth is impacted by the breaking of heart. If you read history, those of you that understand, and I I enjoy history, you will find this. You will find that someone who has a broken heart somewhere in history murdered someone because of it. And in some cases, it changed the course of a nation. Their anger was so great. Even someone who had no um, history of being violent. There are others that because of a broken heart committed suicide. There are others in history who became violent and went to war because of brokenness of heart. There are others who went into isolation because their heart was broken. And some stories of where people never spoke again. Because their heart was so broken, and they died, never speaking again. These are true stories from history. So it is an issue, and and it goes across um, all cultures. I, how many of you like a good movie once in a while? You know, it's just amazing. My my wife loves a a good movie, and she's kind of like she likes the romantic comedy kind of movies. And I love her, and I go with her, and I'm just you know it's the chick flick thing and all that. And so, er, every one of them are the same. Every one of them. Is it true? (laughs) Please don't throw stones, okay? I, 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 I didn't say I hated them, but they are the same. I'll tell you how they go. I'll tell you the whole movie. It goes like this. I find you and fall in love with you. And it happens a variety of ways, but that's how it happens. Then, I find out about you and I hate you. Then, I love you again. We've worked it out. The end. It's true. It's just true. And we go out of the movie and I say, Wow, what would you think of the movie? And she says, Oh, wasn't it sweet? And, and I say, Yeah, great movie. Where are we going to eat? <laughs> see, you see... Every novel that's a romance novel, every movie, that's, it's going to have a place for a broken heart. You know why? Because that's our story. Because you can't have meaningful relationship without issues of trust being broken. You can't. It won't happen. You can't have relationship without disappointment and challenge. And so that's why all these things come before us. No person in any culture is exempt. Why does that matter? It matters because you need to know you're not alone. You are not alone. Those of you here today with a broken heart, you are not alone. And God has come to heal the broken of heart. Number two in your outline. Brokenness of heart can shatter your dreams. Now I realize, you know, a shattered dream can also break your heart. But that's not what I'm saying in this message I want you to stay focused on this idea that when you experience brokenness of heart in a relationship or a loss or a disappointment or a rejection or something like that, it can take away all motivation for you to pursue your dream. And and you can't even get out of bed. It leads to despair. It leads to loneliness. It's just hard to get up and go to work. It's hard to do anything. Why? Because you're broken. There's this something emotionally that we just can't fix. We just don't know what to do with it. And that, that despair leads to depression and it locks, it locks onto us. It, it, it's like a vice that, that just gets turned tighter and tighter around you and, and you're restricted and you don't want to leave. You don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to talk to you. I can't. No. And it just, boom. All of a sudden you're in this dark place. If you're there today, Jesus came to heal the broken of heart and he knows how to undo the vice and to set you free that's what we just read number 3 number 3 in your outline is that brokenness of heart poses some questions now <laughs> i had i had my, my first my whole outline was all these questions, and I had to change it because I had too many. So I whittled it down to three. Aren't you glad? So there are more. But I'm going to just talk about three for a second. Because when you go through brokenness of heart, it creates new questions in your life that you haven't been through before. The first one is, in your outline there, are questions like, number one, who am I really? Who am I really? I, I've gone through situations where it set me back so much that I said, whoa, I I can't believe I'm responding this way. I can't believe I'm having this feeling. I can't believe there's rage in me. I can't believe I'm so sarcastic about that. It's it's I, I find a new me, a a someone I don't like sometimes. Sometimes it's someone I like even more, because of the tenderness or the the brokenness that that happens in my life when I go through these experiences. You have them too, and so sometimes I have to say, how can I embrace what I'm going through so that I really say. Who am I becoming, Lord? Who am I really in Your eyes? Yes our identity, we just need to understand, our identity is wrapped up so much in who we view ourselves to be and then in how we perceive others to view us. And that's kind of the daily way we live in terms of what shapes our identity. When you go through brokenness of heart, many of those things get messed with. And so there's a new reality of my identity that's put on the table. And I'm saying, wow, who am I really in these moments of my life? Number two, the second question is, where is God? I, I see this a lot. I see, uh, you know, I talk to people often who are saying things like this to me. How can you believe in a God that would do that? Why did this happen to me? What's happening to them? It's something now that they might have seen happen to someone else, but it's never happened to them. So they are personally having to deal with this on a closer level. And that will that'll stretch your faith. I mean, that will challenge your belief system. Um, I'm not even sure I believe in God anymore. See, something happened. I know when people say that to me, guess what? There's a story behind that. And I just want to encourage us as a church, trying to make a difference in our community, when people say stuff like that to you, please say, tell me about that. Why do you feel that way? And you better go get a cup of coffee and sit a while because there's a story. And they might want to tell it, they might not. But, wow, where is God is not a bad question. Would you agree? I don't think God's offended by that question. Here's what I would ask you, though, if you're here today asking that question. Are you asking it sincerely, or are you asking it out of bitterness, just in a sarcastic way? Because Jesus came to heal the broken heart. And if you ask the question, where are you, Lord, He's going to show up. And you better be ready for that, because He will engage you with that question. The last question I have here is, you know, should I ever trust again? This is a big one. Should I ever trust again? Many of you, all the filters in your life are about something that happened to you and so therefore you drew some lines, you put some walls down, your heart was broken, and statements like this that I hear, okay? You just can't trust men. You just can't trust women. Oh, this is a good one. You just can't trust those teenagers. (laughs) Teenagers, we love you. Okay, we love you. Now there's a story behind that. Why would someone say that? It's because something happened to them. You just can't trust an attorney. And all the attorneys said, "No kidding, don't." (laughs) You can't trust. You can't trust the church. You can't trust a pastor. There's a story behind that. Why is that? It's because something happened in their world that broke their heart. It shattered their dream. Something stopped. They had faith in something, and that faith has been shattered. And and they are not about to step across that line again. And they'll come right up to the line, and that's it. And it's hard to understand you sometimes, sir, ma'am, because there's such an angst in you, and I don't understand it. There's such a willingness to be harsh. But it's from something of a broken heart. It's from something that causes you to say, I will not trust again. Here's the good news. Jesus came to heal the broken of heart. You can cross that line again. You can learn to trust a person who is trustworthy because there are men who can be trusted and women who can be trusted, and teenagers who can be trusted, and pastors and attorneys and doctors and. All, 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 all. Proverbs three: five. you know it. Some of you have little framed pictures in your house with this scripture on it, and it says, "Trust in the Lord with all your what? heart, and lean not to your own." understanding your own way of thinking trust in the lord with all your heart you know the challenge of that when you have a broken heart it doesn't equal a lot of trust so that's why we need god to heal our heart first let me ask you one last question and we'll move on to the next point what happens to you if you decide you're never going to trust again Hmm. those of you that may have made that decision (laughs) I don't think it's the right one. And God can heal you. Because He He doesn't want you to become that. He has something more in mind. Number four, brokenness of heart changes us. This starts to be really good news for us, you guys. I'm I'm so happy about this point. Um, If I ask you, how does brokenness of heart change people? I wonder what you would say if we just could interview you for a while to say, how has it impacted you? How has it, how has it changed you? We typically are probably going to boil it down to a couple different things. One of them is going to be, one of them is going to be, well, it changed me to either go to the better or the worse. I'm never going to trust again, or I'm broken now. I see the light. I live in darkness or I see the light. It has to change us. It can make us better, but it can also cause us to be more restricted in our behaviors and less trusting. There's a lot of ways to say this and a lot of quotes I came across this week, but I just wrote this down and I just want to say it to you. You cannot always choose what happens to you, but you can choose what happens in you. And no matter what you're going through today, no matter what you're facing, there is a reality that you need to own the fact that you can decide What goes on inside of your life, inside your heart, your mind, your intellect, you have that choice. And remember, Jesus came to heal the broken of heart. Don't forget that. It's powerful. The last thing in your outline is brokenness of heart can be healed. This is my favorite point out of all of them. Brokenness of heart can be healed. I've said it multiple times today. It's why Jesus came. But you know, for me, I need to work it out. I put just some, this isn't on the screen or in your outline, but I put four or five little bullet points for me to say, how is it healed? That's different for everybody, so you might not even want to write these down. But I would challenge you to say, what process do you go through in your life So that God can, can heal your brokenness of heart. For me, it was like, I have to come to the end of myself. Where I can't fix it. Lero said it really well, a while ago. I'm a fixer. I like to fix things. And I can look at it and make good decisions. And let's do this and this and this. And that'll have this result. And I, I live in that world a lot. And there, when I have to finally say, I can't fix it. That's a, that, that can take a year. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know? And then I have to, I have to reach out for help. It's, it's just something that for me I have to just say, I need help. I can't fix this. I, I, can't, I don't know what to do. And then I have to have, this little phrase came to me, a deeper understanding of a greater truth. I, I have understanding of truth. I read Scripture. I read books. I like knowledge. I like all that. But I know this. For me, brokenness of heart takes me to a deeper understanding of, of a greater truth. It's, it's, a, it's a deeper sense of something greater than I already know. Or I could have fixed it. So in my brokenness, I'm stretched at every level. I'm stretched emotionally. I'm stretched intellectually. And that's where some of us are today. And I just encourage you to go deeper in that greater truth and that understanding. That's what Jesus wants with you. And then I have to also anchor to more than my own ability. You, you anchor to something bigger than you. And then I also have to have the faith to just reach out and take the hand of God. That's not always easy, but that's what I have to do. I I love it when God teaches us life through kids. And I I share this story with permission. Rick and Lisa Christofferson are on our pastoral team here at Timberline. Rick oversees the media and communications and just amazing people. And they have four children, wonderful children, and two of their kids are autistic. And it has been quite a challenge. And watching them, I'm telling you, I just it's just amazing the kind of parents they are. It's, it's humbling to watch them. But Spencer, who is 12, is one of these children with autism. Sometimes Spencer acts like he's three or four, and sometimes he actually is a genius in this Greatness comes out of him. It's just fascinating. And one day they said to him, Spencer, what do you want to do when you grow up? Where would you like to work? Who would you like to be for a job? And he said, a doctor. And it kind of caught him off guard. They said, well, what do you mean a doctor? And he said, well, I want to heal people's broken hearts. And that's what Spencer does, because Spencer's not someone who likes necessarily touch. If you go up to Spencer and shake, put your hand out to shake his hand, he might not want to touch you. He might not want to be touched by you. It's just him. But a gal came over to their house in a broken of heart situation, and she was crying. And Spencer saw her crying, and she was sitting on the couch just sobbing. And Spencer, uninvited, unannounced, just walked over to her moved her hands back and climbed up onto her lap and began to wipe her tears with his hands. And for 30 minutes, he didn't say anything, but all he did was wipe her tears. And he helped heal her broken heart, Dr. Spencer. I want to say to you that Jesus sometimes just wants to wipe your tears. He's the healer of the broken of heart. Let's pray together. Lord, we don't understand all this stuff. It's bigger than what we could know or grasp. But you're a God who gets it. And thank you that we can partner with you. Wow. It's unbelievable. With heads bowed, I just want to pray for three things today. I want to pray first of all for those of you that it could be a ton of reasons and I'm not even going to list them all. But you can honestly raise your hand to God today and say, God, you know why but you know that I have a broken heart. Would you hold your hand up now please and let us pray for you. God bless you. You can put them down. Lord, we as a family right here in our living room we just, we just reach our, our spirit man out and we hug these people. Hundreds of them who have a broken heart today. Whatever reasons, you are God and you sent your son Jesus to heal the broken of heart. To bind up. To put on that salve. To wrap it up. God, I pray that you would firmly hold us in our brokenness. That we would release this pain to you in trust right now. Put hope where there's despair. Change this person today. Let it be miraculous through your Spirit. Secondly, I just want to pray quickly over those of you who have trust issues in your life. I know there's a story behind it. And it might not be understandable to anyone else but you. You might not even have it fully identified. But I just want to pray over those of you that say, I know I have trust issues in my life. Pray for me that God will help me. Just hold up your hand to God. If you want to, just hold it up. Thank you. Church, let's pray. Lord, trust issues, you understand. (laughs) You understand well, and you created us with the ability to perceive and to feel rejected to have emotional patterns that are healthy or unhealthy. You created that in us, and so you get it. So today, we need you to climb up on our laps and begin to wipe our tears. We need you to communicate to the spirit man of our soul to heal our heart, to help us, to show us we can cross that line with faith, with you first, and you can take us to new places. And finally, Lord, if there's one person in this room that does not know you personally, Who needs to just pray a prayer of asking you to forgive them of their sin. And I invite you to pray this if you're here today don't know Christ. And you want to follow Him. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin and cleanse me. I'm lost. I'm trying to do life on my own. But today, by faith, I step out. And I reach out my hand to you. And I proclaim this. I believe you died on that cross for my sin. I believe you rose from the dead. And I trust you by faith. And you, I know, will change the rest of my life. I give myself to You. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Stand with me if you're able, please. Would you? God bless you so much. Wow. What a joy it is to journey with you guys. I'm so proud of you. As we wrap this up today, I want to invite our prayer team and both auditoriums at this time to just come forward. And Our prayer team, they are wonderful people who would love to just pray with you if you want to and They don't probe or ask you hard questions, but uh, they're up here just to pray with you about needs if you want to do that before you leave. But as we walk out of here today, a lot's going on, a lot in your life. We're going into some interesting times. You have a lot of activities planned. Let's go out knowing that we know this God who is the healer of the broken heart. And let's give witness to that as we live. Can we do that, Lord? We thank you as we leave today that we can let love live that we can absolutely go to those people who are living every moment with a broken heart. Let us be a reflection of Your healing that we might offer our hand extended to them, our ears, our listening abilities, our capacities of strength to upgird them, to climb upon their lap emotionally and to wipe their tears in the name of Jesus We pray this. And everyone said, Amen. Happy Mother's Day. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for being at Timberline. Go visit some of the tables out there in the mall.